Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Vacation is officially over. Time to go back to work. And goddamn, I wait, get off the friggin' plane. <laughs> and my phone had, I think our WhatsApp group had 50, 60 messages. Oh, my, well, you, you also had Chris and let's get this out of the way first. When Chris and Jake are both around and not working, that chat just, there's 90 messages a minute. Blows up. You got, you and Chris just go on a tangent. When you now you, it's basically now you have my attention. Yeah. The, the worst part is that when I was up in the air, I'm just like, I swear to God, if Mitch Marner signs. <laughs> Hope nothing interesting happens. Like, I'm, like, I'm just like, like, oh, please don't let anything happen. I get off the ground. I see this, like, the 60 icon on my WhatsApp. Where, where and were you like, flying from, though, Dave? How long was this flight? Okay, so I'm flying from Rome to Toronto. So it's like seven hours. Oh, it's like eight and a half hours. Oh my Ooh. god! No, boy, no. So I well, I the our flight was an hour late getting out. That really pissed me off. But then somehow we made up the time. Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, I'm not complaining, but I get off and I see the six messages. I'm like, oh my god, did he actually? Did Mitch actually sign while I was in the air? And no. then I hear everyone's talking about. A helicopter following an SUV with Kawhi. I'm just like, yep. what in the world is going on? I go oh, just peak. I go away for ten days and the city loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I didn't. I was down in the city today and I didn't hear about it. Like this started right when I got home, and it's. Oh, it's just so stupid. Like what I put on Twitter was just like. Kawhi, Kawhi wants so just wants to be quiet. Doesn't want any attention on his free agency, which obviously hasn't worked out very well for 
I mean, it, that's 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 literally an impossibility. That's like me no. saying that's like me saying I want to eat McDonald's every day but not get fat. It's like okay, that's a great thing, but it's never happening. Yeah. Um. And then Toronto just immediately, as soon as he touches the tarmac, has a chopper in the air filming him, all his entire way well, through the city. It also it all started because in MLS they they found out that the MLSD plane was going yeah. from LA to Toronto. So. Be, Bada bing, bada boom. They're like, who is on the plane? They and that see... was a big thing because remember the last time an MLSC plane was reported or even came into the news, Mike Babcock became the coach of the Leafs. Yeah. So, so they don't just bring it up and throw it around for nothing. So, okay, I got to ask Jake a question here because this is apparently uncharted territory for Toronto. Have you ever <laughs> seen anything like this go down in the States? Yeah, LeBron last year. Was it really that like LeBron's like really? Yeah, they had his. They like tracked his flight. Wow. They had a. They had him getting off. I've I've seen it all the time. It's just I don't know. People just like making jokes. Like I understand it, but it's no. I like, dude. Just look at European soccer, man. There was an entire thread on. I think it was. It was an English team. It might have been West Ham or some. Middle of the road club Woo! like that. They they had like a they had a target, and they're just like this guy is stopping on his way through London, and uh, oh no, it was Liverpool. It was Liverpool, and it was a player oh, from like a French. Say, West Ham, uh, it was a player from a French league team, and they're like he's going from his French league, but he's his plan. They tracked his private jet, and they're like his jet is stopping. Uh, it's going near Liverpool. And in turns, his plane just got redirected around weather, and they had like oh, no. a Reddit Reddit report. It was like ten slides wrong, and they were just like, "Yeah, apparently he was just going back to the Netherlands where he lives, and they had to go around the weather." Yeah, that's <laughs> something that like you they need do to this. Be sure on. They do this for like backup strikers in Europe. So, I mean. Oh. It, if he ever, if you ever think it's going to be completely quiet, like you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. No, absolutely. But do you? I don't know. There's been two trains of thought on this. Do you think it's too much or like this coverage? I think it was. Oh, it was. It was completely overkill. embarrassing. Yes. But I, I mean, I can't blame the media. I mean, no. I, I think most of the sports media, especially, are jokes, considering the way most of them cover sports now in this clickbaity age. Like ESPN and Fox Sports are just so bad with that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, they got they got to pay people too. So do whatever it takes to get clicks. I mean, CP24 is getting ragged on, but I guarantee you, instead of you know people just watching it while waiting to get their teeth cleaned in a dentist office, they actually had people tune into their station. So I yep. mean, I can't blame them. I highly doubt. Like, I saw some clown-ass comments. People like, yeah. oh, this is a bad thing. MLSG and the Raptors linked this to the media. It's like, you think you think Masai Ujiri linked this to the media? You are a moron. Do you think, do you think Masai Ujiri won? It wasn't even a sports network. This was the 24-hour news channel. You think he wanted them to set up a chopper to fo- follow the SUV of the the most prized free agent this off season, that we know wants to keep everything low key, like that makes that makes no sense whatsoever. Just none. There's no I logic. Feel like, to that. 
it's also funny because for anybody that doesn't live in Toronto and doesn't know what CP24 is, CP24 basically shows up at sporting events, say the Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and their angle is always just basically how does this thing that you're doing affect the city of Toronto? It's never like because they're, they have a sports beat reporter, they just send a person and ask about the city. So it, it's not like it was Sportsnet and you sort of expect it from them. It was just a news station sent a chopper out and followed a car like it was the Bronco chase from O.J. Simpson through the city yeah. of Toronto. That was pretty incredible, but... So, it's yeah, it's not like it was even a sports thing. That's why it was so off the wall. It's like, oh, here's traffic at 12, and then they just cut to Kauai. Possibly Kauai. They don't even know if it is Kauai. Yeah, so that's, that's the part. It's just like, you don't even know if it's actually him. Just three black individuals got off a plane that was MLSEs. There was no confirmation that it was Kauai, but they still... Did like an hour and a half of live coverage staked outside the hotel and watching him from the chopper. So my question to you guys is, after today, does this change your thought process of what happens with Kawhi at the end? Do you think this, the fact that we haven't heard anything concrete, a decision, does that give you any good feeling or is are you starting to lean towards the... Uh, I don't think this is happening. I I was earlier in the process. I was kind of like, oh, no. Because I was talking to this about with one of our friends, Chris. I was saying, like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, the whole people, like, I know, Lakers are basically like the Leafs. They just, all their fans will just latch on to anything they can hear. And, like, they had Reddit users. They had fucking Chris Broussard. They had oh, a bunch God. of clown. They had a bunch of clown reporters reporting that it was like 100% done, and I was just like, "Shit, all right, maybe Let's... I should kind of look into this, but don't because I know I'm not going to get information that I like to see." And I thought the whole meeting was in LA. Was this? I didn't know it was in LA, but I mean, I figured Masai and Bobby went to meet him in LA, but yeah. I was very. I mean, I think it's a really good sign that he came here, especially <laughs> considering he flew in at like six in the morning to to come to Toronto. It's like a six hour flight. I, I yep. find it very hard to believe he would fly all this way out here to say thanks, but no thanks. Well, it I'm... just wouldn't make sense to me. But again, then again, I look at the Lakers and Clippers, and both of their pitches make no sense to me anyway. <laughs> like the La- the Lakers makes. Like the literally the Phoenix Suns make more sense as a team for Kawhi than the LA Lakers. The Lakers have one thing. It is the fact that they can be make him like the richest player in the world, which he does not want. The most famous and richest player in the world, which he does not care for. They can win, which he does care for, and it's his hometown. But his entire legacy was built on being the dynasty killer being the guy that was made won his MVP by shutting down LeBron James. And now you're telling me he's going to basically take his entire legacy and throw it behind a super team where he's going to play second or third fiddle behind LeBron James, even though he said he wanted to be the man and he led a team to a championship being the man? Made no sense to me. Also, the fact that the Lakers right now are an absolute disaster. They're, I mean, they're the biggest side in the NBA. They they like, basically just they nice. just had 
one of their greatest players to ever play for the team, Magic Johnson, who completely <laughs> destroyed the organization on the way out. Yep. He spilled the beans on first take. He was he basically called their GM like a backstabbing asshole. And now he's going to bat for the Lakers, and he's just like, oh, yeah, everything I said, nope, didn't mean it. Like, what? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. And it's like, I mean, going back to Kyrie when they were in Cleveland, uh, what is it, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, the guys that just got traded in the AD deal. Like, is anybody that has played with LeBron over the last couple of years looked upset when they left his team? No, none of them. Remember Brandon Ingram when he got traded? He literally put a fucking smiley face as his Instagram story. Josh Hart posted a a thing on his story of him smiling. Like, it seems that he's played with LeBron on the surface. Don't get me wrong. LeBron is a fantastic player. Probably one of the top three players to ever play basketball. I think he has the biggest ego in the entire sport, which they love to gloss over because he's such a great humanitarian figure. He's a horrible teammate. He basically plays fucking GM. He's done that for ever since he moved to Miami. I mean, I have a respect for players that want to get like all the money they're paid and have the power and stuff like that. But I think it's a joke if you're trying to do other people's jobs. And that's what he does. I mean, I think the worst part is ever since he started this bullshit where his fucking friend, who doesn't even have a college degree started a um sports started agency. A, a sports Called agency Rich Paul. and starts representing all these players like how the fuck is that not collusion you think this guy isn't a complete puppet to him you are a moron like i, I don't know how adam, uh, adam silver doesn't just say no no <laughs> this is not allowed literally every single one of his clients is always linked with lebron james like yep. <laughs> it's a joke yeah, and Le- wasn't LeBron, uh, didn't he admit that he talked to Kawhi during the season and they didn't call catch him for tampering? Yeah, he did. But they caught Doc Rivers? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I- I'm not going to say that the league is on the Lakers' side because obviously after no. that Chris Paul trade where they <laughs> nixed that trade. The um, league's on LeBron's side, though. Like, let's call yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just look at just look if at If it's media anyone other than that, LeBron on that team that's they're, tampering they're, with Kawhi slapped on a fine watch espn they'll basically be on his jock because the guy had a fucking taco tuesday with his two-year-old daughter like they're they're they're, they're legitimately reported on that it's like are you fucking kidding me have some respect for yourself imagine being a legit reporter and they're just like yeah so we're gonna go to lebron's taco tuesday would you report on that i'd be like are you fucking serious yeah no it's it's i mean it's no secret that espn's the lebron network Oh, and, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about that much because I did get the chance to work for ESPN for a little bit during the finals. I mean, hey, they're, it's the right business. I mean, yeah. Right hate, him or, hate him or love him, he's a completely, he's a really, I mean, what's the word? He's like a polarizing figure. He he's, is. He, he, there's no in between. There's no like, ah, eh, he's a decent guy. Uh, I'm okay with him. I could do with it, do with him or without him. Like you either hate him or you love him. There's no in between. No, you got no, LeBron no. stands or you got people that hate LeBron. <laughs> I think a part that, of I mean, that's are... why he makes so much money though. He's a billionaire. I mean, and those are Jordan worked, and he's worked hard for yeah. that too. He's you know he's he's built all those different companies. He's you know let's always forget all the stuff he does outside of basketball too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, outside of basketball, 
I have a ton of respect for LeBron James, but as a basketball player, I don't. I don't think he. I think a lot of decisions he makes, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But outside of it, I have no problem with him as a human being. Excellent role model. Yeah. Uh, excellent human being, ambassador for basketball. But yeah. And the, and that right there is the reason why LeBron, above everyone else, gets the rep he does. Yeah. It's because the NBA wants more players to follow what his lead is rather than maybe what you see from other guys. As they should though. I mean yeah. I wish the NHL was had somebody like LeBron who would put him had the ability to or had the had the willingness to put himself out there in that spotlight to be hated like that. Because there's there's no villains in hockey. No. Like I don't no. know, maybe maybe the Boston Bruins, people, but that's more of a Boston issue. Yeah. People try then, to put PK Subban as that as that guy. Some but, some fan bases for sure. PK yeah, Subban yeah. is a villain too. Yeah, the and, like sixty year old dads that are like, why yeah. does he celebrate? Why does he wonder, dress weird? Yeah. I wonder what some of that disdain has to do with. Let me think. So anyway, Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Yeah, I'm. I, I think. Look, if Kawhi wants this to end, he knows what he has to do. He has to make his choice. I have no problem with him taking as much time as he needs. I don't think this is. It's not easy in the fact that he has to choose between: does he want to stay home, or does he want to? Does he think the Raptors will be good enough to do another run? Which I let's be honest, I think the Raptors have an even better chance next year, considering what happened to the Eastern Conference. We got, and, uh, yeah, it got weakened a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Even though KD, who knew that even though KD would come to the East, him being out for the year gives Toronto an even better chance considering oh, yeah. what f- happened to Philly, what happened to Boston. What happened to Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I, I think Boston might – I think I actually think Boston might have gotten maybe l- slightly better, slightly better I think just based on team chemistry and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think Philly did. I think they got slightly worse. Um, <laughs> I, I think makes no sense to me. Um, we, I was very happy those. to see Jimmy Butler leave, especially considering his track record against the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, they are. One thing I know is that was probably the toughest series the Raptors played. They were the re- yeah. yeah. The reason they were so difficult was because of how physically big they were. Yeah, and, and that's, Jimmy Butler also killed the Raptors. Yes, I think I'm the next. size thing is going to be a serious different, a serious. Um, it would be. It's going to be seriously difficult to deal with. But their I just, entire I, offense. I just don't see them. I just don't see how they'd be able to score. Yeah, I don't get their offense. They like, don't. I know no, Horford's they don't. They name, don't have any shooters. But it's like Ben Simmons is your ball carrier, and then he there's four four other guys. Yeah, he can't shoot. So you basically have their best, so best three-point shooter is probably Al Horford, which is yeah. not a good thing. Holy you God. basically have to run an ISO for Ben Simmons, have him drive, and then kick out to one of the four guys that will be standing at the three-point line. Not going to be good. Not going to be good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just really curious to yell at I'm I'm curious that the Kawhi's people haven't really said anything. I know they like to keep everything really close to the vest, but it's like at some point you have to kind of give some sort of indication. Like, 
a leak that oh you know I mean Jake I think you had you uh, said there was a tweet that it could be a couple more days before yeah. a decision is made. Yeah. Um, I I think I don't think you can go until like next week and be like, yeah we're we're still thinking it through. Let's be let's also be honest here. He's had almost the whole year, like his his team has been working almost the whole year on this. The other two teams that are in the sweepstakes have publicly tampered with him during the season. Yeah. Well, publicly? Well. They've gone yeah. to embarrassing levels. Oh, yeah. Like, you had the GM for the Clippers fucking stalk him for an entire year. Yeah, well, that's what I'm... Doc Rivers and got still, caught for And it. still get nominated. To be fair to Doc Rivers, I think that was a fucking joke that he was put in that position by yeah, Stephen exactly. Smith. But, I mean, the fact that they had Lawrence Frank basically stalk him around the fucking league. You had you had Steve Bomber going to his fucking games on the road. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, be a little more obvious. It's like if Mark Cuban what? was sitting in Drake's seats by the Raptors bench. Like, I would just be like, why are you as an owner going to another team's games? Yeah. If... Your, if other fan bases know what your owner's face looks like, he should not be anywhere near another team's court, unless his team's playing there. I I also don't see like Steve Ballmer like he doesn't he doesn't strike me as some excellent recruiter. Tech genius, huh. yes. The guy seems like he would be way too over the top with it. Oh yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kawhi. I mean, hopefully he doesn't take too long. But I mean. <laughs> Hey, I think the fucking longer the better. I actually saw like a really funny theory that was basically like, imagine Kawhi just goes out there, <laughs> wastes all this time for the Clippers and Lakers so they get no other free agents and then resigns back. Yeah, I saw that. That would completely oh. screw them. The the Lakers have four contracts. Four. Yeah, they're they're gonna fill out the rest of the roster with a D League lineup. Well, I feel like a guy like DeMarcus Cousins who's been waiting for a deal. Didn't um he'll be one didn't, of those sorry, guys. Dave. Didn't Richard Jefferson say he was coming out of retirement for a season? I think he's just trolling. Oh, oh I yeah. think so too. Yes. Richard Jefferson is a bit would straight of a... up give him a veteran minimum though right now. For sure. Richard Jefferson is I like Richard Jefferson, but he is such a troll. He's a bit of an ass. Oh, he's uh... I got to meet him too. He's a beauty. I love that guy. Yeah, he's big he lived in New Jersey for a while, played for the Nets. He is a great guy, but he is a definite troll. Oh, yeah. He's he's loving retirement. Yeah. good. Hey, he does a really good job. Works for the Nets, uh, Nets play-by-play crew on Yes. He does a really good job. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if they strike out on Kawhi, like, even if they don't get Kawhi, like, what are you going to do now? You've put all your eggs into this basket. The Clippers are fucked. Yeah, the Clippers, the Clippers are, are. Yeah, they're in trouble. Clippers are in trouble because they like, basically have talked about this date for like over a calendar year. Yeah, the thing the thing that still blows my mind about that is this is a team that has never made the conference finals in fifty fucking years. They didn't have the balls to trade for this guy. Why not? That's that is my issue with all these GMs. The Celtics, the Sixers, the yeah. Clippers, the they Lakers. They pro- he probably would have already re-signed with all of them if they just traded for him, but they didn't have the balls. Boston doesn't want to trade Jalen Brown. He's fucking terrible. Philly didn't want to trade Markel Fultz. 
Are you fucking retarded? The Clippers don't want to trade like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like, great. DeLon Wright, in order to have a fucking top three player in the world. The Lakers, just the fucking arrogance on that team, just basically like, why? Why would we even waste our core? We'll just get them for free. Yeah. That's the arrogance that I, led them I, having to give up, what, fucking 11 pieces to get Anthony Davis? That's yeah, it right the, there. Like, the Clippers, uh, they're not going to be good if they miss out on Kawhi, but, like, at least they'll have a roster. <laughs> the Lakers, like you said, they have less than a starting lineup if they don't land Kawhi, and all the free agents have been still, signed. I'd, all ra- the good I would, I'd still rather have the Lakers than the Clippers. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, because you have AD LeBron and AD. And, yeah. Yeah. The Clippers have their best players fucking six man of the year, Lou Williams. But what is LeBron, 35, 36 now? He's turning 35. Yeah, I mean, you got to – it's obvious, but you got to have somebody that, behind that's, them. That's LeBron why – that's, that, that is why I think why the Pelicans got so much out of uh, the Lakers because yeah. David Griffin, the old GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, he knows LeBron James. He, ba- he basically – did exactly what I thought I would have done if I was in position. I would have been like, listen, you have a 34-year-old once-in-a-generation superstar. I can wait you out. He's going to get one year older, mm-hmm. one year worse, yeah. or he can just he can just wait it out here. So be it. I don't have to wait out everyone else. I just have to wait out you. And he did it. And he got everything. <laughs> yeah, He got literally everything. That was a haul he got. Oh, yeah. The oh Pelicans look like they'll be a playoff team next year. Yeah. Yeah, if all the pieces work out, for sure. I, I just think this is also why Kawhi respects a guy like Masai Ujiri because he's – the big thing about the Raptors was, you know, Masai went all in. He took the risk because he believed in what Kawhi could do. And he even made it a point to say, Kawhi – I'm sorry, Kawhi. Masai, are you staying? Like I, like if if obviously if Messiah was gone, the Raptors probably don't have as strong of a chance to to keep Kawhi. I don't think I think there was a zero percent chance yeah. if he left. Considering if you saw the interview that they had, I think it was I think it was um, the gym or something like that said it. The Raptors um, like YouTube series where Kawhi asked two questions and it was, "Are you going to stay long term?" and "How can we?" And how can we, like, shape this roster in order to win? That was the only two questions he had. Not, like, where's the best groceries? What fucking TV channels do you get? Do you have to open a Canadian bank account? None of that bullshit. It was, how can I continue to win? And are you staying here? And that was telling to me. I think that once I heard that from Masai, I was like, okay, that's that's a good news. Very much so. Um, and we'll hope that that news continues as we continue with Kawhi Watch. Now, before we get to the Leafs, I want to get some water, so we're going to take a short, short break. It's like it's like Panda Watch from Anchorman. Yes. <laughs> Panda Watch. Ching Ling over there. Ching Ling King. Uh, hey. I tried to get a better look, but they told me, they told me, no, sir, you can't go in there. That is a live bear. It will literally rip you in half. <laughs> Come on uh, out here. You're making me look stupid. <laughs> oh, you panda jerk. Oh, I got to make a graphic now. All right, well, we'll take a quick break, and I'm going to grab some water. And damn, we're gonna get H2O, into, damn it. And we're going to get into the next big piece of news, 
And that's what the Leafs did in free agency. All right, I want to thank you guys for uh, bearing with us of, of our short little break there. I'm pretty They've sure. got that H2O. Oh, man, that was bad. Bad choice on my part not to get that water ready. This is why I was on vacation. You, know, you forget everything. Be prepared at all times. So, I don't... The way <laughs> this whole Leaf situation has unfolded has been has been something pretty pretty interesting to see. You know, for how long the conversation has been, how can Kyle Dubas add the right-handed defenseman? This has been the conversation since uh, what? Since Lou Lamarillo took over as GM. Let's see. Around that it's time? It's been a conversation for over five years, so it's been a problem for a minute. <laughs> so ever since, look, it started with the Leafs need a number one center. The Leafs dropped Austin Matthews. The Leafs need a right-handed defenseman. And that from that moment, the, the Leafs. this has been the yes. biggest black cloud hanging over the Leafs. Man, they, they, brought this up on, they, get, they brought this up on overdrive. Who was the last, like, really good right-hand D the Leafs have had? Thomas Caroline was he even no he he's was a lefty. lefty. No. He was a lefty. Brian McCabe, McCabe was a lefty. He was a lefty. Was he? Yeah. yeah. They were I think both lefties. He was. I I just in my mind I remember McCabe on the power play with those set up one timers. They was were it, both lefties. Was it Cody Franzen when he had that really good? <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. they said on overdrive. My boy, Cody yeah. overdrive said, said it was Cody Franzen. Was Mike Koska a righty when he had the one Stop year that he played Mike in the NHL? Koska. <laughs> You fucking kidding me? I'm saying above average, like all star level right handed D. You say Mike Koska. It's oh, been a bad see. couple of years. Bad couple. It's been bad fucking twenty years. Well, that was twenty thirteen, so it's been a bad six years. Oh, I'm looking up a uh kind of a database of like Leafs defensemen. Oh no, was it Oh Brett Lebda was a lefty. Yep. Stop it. Ken Clee was a lefty. Ken Klee. Man, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Think about the most obscure defenseman you could think of. Mark Frazier. Oh, boy. Hey, and you can make the case Anton Strawman. To a certain degree. Stop. He was trash when they had him. Oh, was Ian White a right-hand defenseman? No, he, he was, was a left. Uh, oh, no, I think he was a right. Wait. Yeah, he was, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I got the guy right here, guys. I got him. Pavel Kubina. No fucking oh. way. That was a Burke signing. Was that Burke? Yeah. I thought that was uh, during the John Ferguson Jr. time because that was when Paul Maurice was coach. No, I think it was Brian Burke's first signing. No, that was 06 07, was Pavel Kubina. God damn. No way, man. Yeah. 2006. To 2009. They also added Hal Gill that same offseason. I think Hal I Gill. might still have that. That was a joke. They added guys like like Dubas would have fucking puked in his in his goddamn uh, hoodie if he saw some of the people they signed. Powell Cabina, uh, Hal Gill, Mike Commissaric, like oh my Jason god. Jason Allison. Jason oh. Allison. Guys that couldn't fucking move. Jeff Finger. Yeah, that was uh, Cliff Fletcher. Yeah, that was, oh, that was my boy. That was and Mike Van Ryan. Like, yeah. Was, 
leading highlight with the Maple Leafs was getting crushed Man, through a panic look, last I am looking at this list of players. This is fucking bleak. It I is. Think, I think it is Ian, depressing. I think Cody Cody Franzen is probably the best right-handed yeah. dude they've had since the fucking eighties. So so still... so what this all means, folks, is don't be don't be nitpicking on the Tyson Berry trade. Cody Franzen played in the KHL last year. He played with. Did he? I feel like he played with Mikheyev last year. I thought he was, or no, that was the year before he was. Cody Franzen played, played, played in the AHL. Avangard, so. Yep, he played with Mikheyev. Yeah. Anybody um, say no to bringing Cody Franzen back for a season? He played Smartest with. Um, I think it was Rockford. He played for yeah two seasons ago when they made a run at the yeah. Calder when the Marlies won. He played ha- played twenty three games with the Blackhawks and got sent down. He was a great player for the Leafs. I loved his little little half slapper. I remember oh, yeah. that. The goal he had against Boston, he had two goals in the playoffs. He netted the Leafs that, that first great. round pick when they traded. Yes, he did. Nashville. Oh yeah, from Nashville. Him and Santarelli. Yes, Mike Santarelli. That's a good. Tr- yeah, Mike Santarelli. That's a good, good question. Do, do you know who they got with that first round pick? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so that was the pick they traded down. Oh, it Is was that Travis um, Dermott. Yeah, they traded that pick, didn't they? That was. Uh, oh. That was the 2015 draft. So that was Marner's draft. I so think they traded down. Right. I think you're right. Because it so was supposed, it would have been Konechny, because I think that was the trade they traded with Philly. Yeah, they get they traded Konechny. Yeah. Oh, oh so it was Konechny, yeah. And then the Leafs and they got they got Bracco and uh, Dermott, Dermott, so pretty good. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. We um, haven't talked since the draft, have we? No, no. I because I left. Uh, I left that Monday. Oh, okay. And, yeah. uh, unfortunately, you can't really do a podcast when you're in Europe. No, you can't. Well, not with that attitude, you can't. <laughs> you guys you guys have no idea how what internet is like on these cruise ships. Well, you're out in the middle of the ocean, so it can't be ideal. Nope. And trying to bring all that, all the stuff I need to make the podcast work, ain't gonna happen. Uh, well, I mean, their draft was really good. <laughs> yeah, so... We can leave it there if you want. Well, the, the, I mean, obviously the big news from that draft weekend was them trading Patrick Marlowe. And yep. then people yeah. complaining yeah. about them giving up a first-round pick. Yeah, something I was really upset about, but it's just something you, you, have, to, you, know, you have to do. It. The, the, yeah. way I, the way I also saw it, Jake, though, is not only did the Leafs give up a first-round pick to move that salary, Carolina paid over $6 million for a first-round pick that's most likely going to be in the bottom yeah. 25 to 30 range. So they spent $6 million on a guy that's going to be, at best, depending on what type of player they get, a f- potential second line forward, maybe a half-decent defenseman. It's, yeah, it's yet, Montreal, yet Montreal didn't think that they would match a fucking terrible offer sheet. Okay, do you want to get... Um, okay. Oh... So we can't there's, not. There's just so oh, we're discussing. I'm just debating which way we're gonna go. There's just too many avenues right now because. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's let's um, let's do the offer sheet first. Then we'll go Leafs. Yeah. So, how happy do you think Kyle Dubas was to see that offer sheet? Very happy. He said it basically on Overdrive. 
He said that will that will have an effect on negotiations they have with RFAs. I mean, Dude. that's pretty Every pointed. single RFA. <laughs> not just with Martin. RFAs, you he's mean not, RFA. He's not talking about fucking Alex Kerfoot. Huh. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, look. First off, um, I don't know if you guys listen to the Steve Dangle podcast, the newest one. Yeah, the one they I have, have not yet, but I will get to it. Um, Eric Ingalls, who covers the Canadian Montreal Canadiens for Sportsnet, had a couple of good uh, thoughts into it. Into like, okay, so <laughs> also remind me again, what's the threshold between? Paying four first so, round picks and the first, second, and third round pick. Ten five and eight yeah. five. So if Montreal had paid one more dollar, they would have owed Carolina an extra first round pick. I think it was like five hundred grand, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. No, it was like an actual dollar. Like it's whatever oh. like the seventy one that they paid him at the end and the seventy two is the next threshold. <sighs> It's so That's just so ridiculous. <laughs> so they they could have given up an extra first if they had probably had probably right. had the player in the bag if they offered him the next threshold, yeah. the top end of it would have had him. I mean, Aha was Aha was really good, but two firsts, a second, and a thirds. I mean, him? you at least consider it. No, you do it all least. the time. Especially, I'm saying at the very the... least, you take a hard look at it. You probably take it. Yeah, I mean, especially for Carolina, because then you're you're adding way more money. You're adding like probably ten, 10 more million, something like that, to the contract. Yeah. And and the... add that in bonuses. Yeah, the the what, bonuses. What was gonna make them sweat too? Yeah, that was not gonna be easy, because look, this owner, the like, he'll pay it for one player. But the trickle-down effect with the other guys who are making... In the team, yeah. Yeah, like you look at Justin Falk, Dougie Hamilton, who have been rumored to be on the block. I I wonder if that was part of Montreal's thinking, is that there's probably a good chance Carolina's going to match it, but now Carolina's going to have to think of ways to cut costs because that's the way Carolina does business now. And I think... An owner that makes that publicly known... Puts a target on the team's back to, by doing that as well. Well, that's what the Maple Leafs were apparently going to get into when uh, they signed Tavares. Lou with the big bad contract offer. Not so much, eh? No, um, but such a gazy thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hell, it, if, we can get and, into that. Later. I fucking wish the Canadians offer sheet to martyr that number. I would be dancing. Oh my god! Yeah, they wouldn't do the least that kind of favor. They wouldn't, unless the Leafs were sending him something back. They, I love how you say they wouldn't do the Leafs that favor. That just goes to show how a big a fucking embarrassment that offer sheet oh, yeah. was. Oh yeah, no, not a good offer sheet at all. But you definitely wouldn't give that courtesy to a division rival for one of their best players. But that's I'm stating the obvious here. So my question now is. Montreal really doesn't have a player with an RFA status like a Marner or an Ajo, right? They don't have any good players. Their entire thing was either land Anders Lee or land Sebastian, land an RFA. To be fair, to be fair to them, I actually think that offer sheet took them out of what could have been one of the worst deals in the history of the league. Considering some of the money that was talked about for Anders Lee, I heard like nine million dollars. Seven times yeah. seven, which is still okay. a ridiculous amount. Yeah. But like, I can, I can at least 
I can at least have a conversation where somebody gives me a, a case for that, and I'd be like, okay, I can see that. But well, like I, now, they, had, they had talks about like $9 million or something like that. Now it's 7 mil per. It's like, hey, at least he's not Kevin Hayes. Exactly. I actually like Anders Lee. I think he's oh, yeah. overpaid. He's probably oh, yeah. a guy that can score 30 goals. And he's got but... seven years as well from... Like if Barzell he... has a good season this year, like he didn't have the greatest year, like Lee's probably going to have another 35-goal year if Barzell's on. Yeah, probably. And it's a pretty safe... Did, didn't he have 40 played. goals with Tavares? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So there you go. He had a massive year with Tavares, and then Tavares left. So... Yeah. And after Tavares left, Barzal moved up to the first line, obviously, and he he didn't do bad, but he didn't have like the eighty something point that he did mm-hmm. in his rookie I think year. He did pretty bad. I think didn't he have like eight goals or eleven goals or something? He definitely. I had him on my fantasy team. He definitely didn't score very regularly. No, he's he 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 had a hard time putting the puck in the net. Let's see what he finished with. I think he might have had like ten goals. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. He had. Oh, he had eighteen. Wow. I was going to say, you sound like he had more. He had 32 the year before, so. Yeah. No, he had 32 the year before. Well, let's also not forget the Islanders suck offensively. Like, And they also, Anders Lee wasn't even their weirdest signing of the day. I mean. It was Varlamov. I mean. What the hell is that? The politics of signing him aside, like. He uh, sucks. Yeah. He's just not good. Outside of the fact he's a piece of shit. He tore his like, groin two years ago. Jake, as Jake is probably going to mention, he has the domestic violence issues with. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a wife. woman wife That's that's strike number one. Why? Strike, you no, no, no. Let's strike. Let's strike one, two, and three. Yeah. Sorry, I'm giving him way too much credit. Yeah. He shouldn't be signed just because of that. He should be out of the league like uh, Voynov I'm, is. I'm very surprised Lou would sign a guy like that. Me too. It's it's, it's just sports, it's honestly. It's just a desperate move, too. Yeah, it's sports. It's integrity goes out the window as soon as... Well, he's not if you're, good, but he was the best goalie on the board after Laner signed in Chicago. Well, if you're an organization with no morality, it is, but yeah, some exactly. teams have it. But this is, the, yeah. this is the interesting part. Varlamov signed before Laner went to Chicago. Yeah. But Laner already didn't he say there wasn't a report that he had already said no, no to so, New York. So no, switched. this is what happened was uh, the Steve Daniel podcast also had a guy from New York on. They, they offered him one they, or two year deal or something. Yeah, they like offered, offered him a two year deal at five million. He said, "Let me think about it. Let me see." Or Turned probably it down for one year. He probably said, "Let me see what else is out there." And Lou went, "Nope, sorry, offer's gone. Here's Varlamov for four years." That's so bad. That's what he did. Why do you sign? Hold on. Isn't Varlamov like thirty-two? He's up. He's there. been around a while. Thirty-one. So he's going to be uh, thirty-five. Almost, almost thirty-five when the deal's done. He'll be thirty-four and change. Yeah, likely. Um, man, and he's only only six-two. I thought he was like five-eleven. <laughs> Small. Oh no, he's a he's big. a big goalie. Yeah, I know he's not bad. I, he he's got an, a great I, athlete too. I also think he has a relationship with the Islanders' uh, goalie coach or one of the coaches. And I just don't. A uh, Mitch Korn, yeah, yeah. So he was with Washington. I don't know if he was there with, when Barlamov was there, but yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's such a weird move, and there's so many weird moves. I mean, there's been a lot. The Brandon Tanev deal is probably the worst deal of the day. Well, the money, probably not. Like it it was the term. You don't give a third liner for a guy. I actually don't mind him as a player. I think he's all right. Yeah, it's just six years though. Yeah, and he can't have more than thirty as his career high, right? No, his career high is 29. 29 points, by the way. He's scored... Didn't he get like 3 million? Three and a half over six oh, years. Jesus. it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's uh, like, I mean, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what you, uh, you want to say, honestly, with that. It's just Jim Rutherford... I'm really interested to see, I forget who put it up, maybe it was LeBron that had the GM that said, I'm shedding salary now to give away stupid contracts tomorrow. Or something along those lines. Yeah, there was a GM that told LeBron, yeah, LeBron, yeah. LeBron, LeBron, that LeBron. I'm giving, like, we're, get, take, we're, we're giving away bad contracts just to go sign more of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean... You look at this free agent class. There wasn't a lot to be excited about. I mean, P- it was Pavel- a pretty good class, I think. I mean, Pavelski yeah, was good. Myers was a, a apparently a big hot commodity because of his size. Panarin, um, obviously. Panarin. That's massive for well, New York. Well, they're going to turn around and great. But, but the thing was, th- like, there was not a lot of like, oh, Panarin has like a lot of teams to go to. He pretty much had what three. But just Panarin had three Kako and uh, next year. Yeah. <laughs> Kratz, Kratzov, too, who's the number and one prospect in hockey. Kratzov, Leah Sanderson, and Heedle in the top six. Jacob Truba. And then Adam Fox and Jacob Truba they got for funsies. And Shattenkirk. Yeah, Shattenkirk. <laughs> and that guy. And Mark Stahl. Yeah. It, anyway. The no, they're great. Quite a few teams that really pushed. Like New York was probably the big, I would say my big winner, so far oh, in this off season. For me, I, I'd say I'd say New York and Nashville are my big winners. Yeah, I I, I loved what Nashville did. I mean, I I love PK Subban. I think Nashville loved him too. But for nine million dollars, a team that couldn't score goals up front, they had to do it. I mean, they got they got a pretty decent price. They got what a couple of seconds and a good D prospect for him, and a forward yeah. as well. Yeah, they got. Four and days. then they cut the salary, which they, they in turn Duchesne. basically flipped him for Duchesne. Yeah, I mean that's a rock well, solid more, deal. And they have. They I, I think it was more. I think they're, they're going to have to pay Roman Yossi, who's going to be a UFA yeah, next year. That's the big thing. They, I their center depth is crazy good now. I mean, yeah, it's, I think it might they, be too good. They might have to just move some guys like, because of it. They, that's got to be one of the most underrated center cores in the league. With, oh, uh, Nikhil, Granlin, Ryan Johansson, and Jude Shane. Duchesne, Kyle Turris, Nick Benino. Yeah. Oh my Holy, God. I Keith forgot how many centers they have. I think yeah, they, they're probably paying like thirty oh, million centers. Yeah, I think the so problem Grandland's was slide in the, wing. the problem is I think they really want to move that Turris contract. Yeah, and Benino too. Oh yeah, Benino's what four million a year? Uh, somewhere around there. Somewhere yeah, around that. Uh, Johansson makes eight. Um, Turris makes five. I think Turris, is, no, Turris I mean, is at six. I think. 
Is it six? I, I know six. he signed a six by five, or was those it five still, by six? Those are still really good deals for Johansson and Turris, though. It's no cap, or no no cap, no tax. Like, I mean, Johansson's a big body, well, and he doesn't score a lot, but man, he's a good assist passer. guy. Yeah. So yeah. No tax it saves a lot of money. Probably saved them about $3 million, or 3 to $4 million on all those players. Yeah. Uh, Duchesne signed for eight. I thought he was going to get nine, nine and a half. Yeah, I that I found that number to be low considering what uh, everyone pretty much put Kevin Hayes as like the threshold of is it a good or a bad contract? Just that is yeah. that is the that is the measuring stick for the next yeah. however that's many years he signed. That's that's I don't know was that was that signed before the salary project projections were done or what? Yeah, that so. was right around the draft they signed. Yeah, them. that's yeah that was. So yeah, that's Reading that is stupid. That I don't, sucks. Philadelphia so bad. is really holy smokes. I I still don't know how they have cap room, but then I look at their RFAs and I'm like, so that's how they have cap room. Yeah. So just in case, because we need to get William Elander in this podcast as much as possible, never complain about William Elander's contract again after looking at Kevin Hayes. No, that's a joke. Or, or hell, even Anders Lee, and I like Anders Lee. Oh, Gustav Nyquist, didn't he get like $6 million? Something like that, yeah. Where did he end up? Columbus, Columbus right? Columbus. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. He's a center, but... I believe Matt Zuccarello yeah. got like around $6 million, too. He got too. Uh, five Minnesota years, $6 million from Minnesota. Oh, he's, 30, he's like 32. And Minnesota's trying to trade Jason Zucker because... I would be all over that guy. That guy oh, yeah. is a beast. Yeah. It's the guy, I don't think the Leafs would have the cap space to pull off of Zucker. And, Apparently uh, the Leafs were looking in a, on a guy like Zucker. I like Zucker. I like Michael Furland. I like those forwards. I was actually I'm just about to say, Furland never signed, did he? Yeah. He's had some bad, pretty bad injuries, though. Oh, okay. He had, he had a concussion and he had a back issue, I think it was. I mean that's a. I think he'll get a one-year deal. I have yeah. a feeling. He, I have a feeling he'll he's going to sign a one-year deal with the Devils. That's who I think he does. Who is um? Or who's the loser for you guys then in free agency? The Islanders. I mean, I mean outside of Columbus. Yeah, I say Columbus. Columbus lost their three best players. Yeah. Outside of Columbus, did, um, um, I'll say the Islanders. I mean, does Zingle sign somewhere? No, he's still out there. Okay. Really, I think somebody will get a really good deal on him. Uh, I mean, he had yeah, like good. fifty. He had like fifty points. He had a good year. They yeah, got, didn't they get a first for him or a second? They got a. I think they got a second and a third or a couple seconds. That's a good they return. Did, they did pretty well. Yeah, they did a, I think they did pretty well to do it. I think a great place for for um, Dzingo is a place like Boston, but I I doubt they move. Uh, Krejci, but then again, I don't really know. Yeah. So let's bring this all back to the Leafs. Mm. Um, Jason Spezza. Okay, so the day started off with we're bringing in <laughs> Nick Shore and Jason Spezza. And the completion of the Zaitsev trade. And the completion of the Zaitsev trade, which, I mean, thank you, Ottawa, for wanting yeah, the scraps. Slam home run. Yeah. I whatever, whatever you want to say, it was that. You not only do you give away, you get rid of what was it, eight million dollars in? Oh, sorry, no, no, my math is off. Six point, um, six point eight million in salary. 
Sounds you know, about right. The biggest winner of this deal as well is Connor Brown. Yeah. Because he needed a restart. I mean, I've, he needs a, we, he needs an opportunity to play. We gave the guy some flack during the season, but he's we don't hate him. No, I I've never we've never I don't think we ever hate him. It's just you're no. paying a guy that much to play on the fourth line, and he's not a fourth line it's, player. And it's not his fault, and we say that all the time. It's not the player's fault for the team offering that much money and then using him in a diminished role. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, he's gonna get. I mean, he's going to play in the top nine in Ottawa for sure. Oh, not top six. six for sure. Yeah. He could honestly play on their top line. I don't know who else Ottawa has. The way has. they're going, it's him and Kachuk just banging? Sure, why not? I mean, it's going to be a burn year in Ottawa again. They have Hainsey and Zaitsev as their second pair. Not only do they... Like, okay, so I get why they did the Zaitsev mm. trade. They wanted to get rid of CeCe. Um, but to get a pick... Like, Dubas got a pick from them. Yeah, they got a third. It's that, a, allowed them, that allowed them to move their own third to get um, what's his name? To get Barry. Uh, Tyson Barry. So okay, now this brings me to my and and I brought this up. This is an Ottawa's third. This is also Columbus's third, and we all yeah. expect Columbus and Ottawa to not be good next year. Yeah, Columbus's third could be like basically a late second, which would be yeah. great. And also. Then, you know, what I'm just realizing now is obviously the Leafs and Suns play each other to start the season. And the Leafs just hired Paul McFarland, who's going to make their power play better by all accounts. And Ottawa's probably going to have Nikita Zaitsev and Ron Hainsey on the PK. Better be cooking at a 50% clip. At oh, all like season. Ottawa better hope they don't take a penalty in that opener. Or the... Craig Anderson plays the way Craig Anderson has in every yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say. Just, just puck movement for fun. If Craig Anderson just shows up, he'll probably have a shutout just the way he plays against the Leafs. It's like Ryan Miller a couple of years ago. So, the, I mean, this trade doesn't... If this trade doesn't happen, Leafs don't make the next deal. I mean, if if a bunch of trades... Like, if Marlowe doesn't get traded, Kapanen and Johnson don't get signed. Yeah. I think it's I like, think it was that moment you realized with that like him with pretty much Dubas saying this Patrick Marl deal allows us to bring back Janssen and Cap and that pretty much signaled those two were not being traded for anything. I remember a couple days ago everyone was upset that Dubas was re-signing Martin Marincin and that was our biggest issue. The like how could things get any worse? We haven't traded Marlow, we haven't traded Zaitsev. And sorry, Marlowe's trade happened, but it was like nothing big has happened, and you still have Zaitsev here. Well, and it was then, also because the Leafs had missed out on Colin Miller, and everyone was yeah, losing. Yeah, that's it. what set everything off. Still would have like, liked. We have to go out and do something. Yeah. They got it was what a two or something. Two and a five. A, yeah, that's still awful. But don't have the money, so. So the, now poor team or rich team problems, rich in cap space. That is. Yeah. So we know the details of the Nazem Kadri trade. You got yeah. Kadri, a third round pick, and Callie Rosen going to Colorado for Kerfoot, Tyson Berry at two point seven five million, and uh, a six round pick. And I think the Leafs gave up a third. Yep. This is the thing I wanted to ask you guys. Nazem Kadri actually did the Leafs a favor. In yeah. Oh yeah. Not accepting the trade to Calgary. 
Yeah, it, for all intents, uh, for all what I've heard is that it would have been TJ Brody and I think somebody said Mark Jankowski or oh, someone like that. A, a center of equivalent, like equivalent to third line. Like the, the, I'm pretty sure that's like I don't. Somebody had mentioned that like if Dubas were to trade Kadri, it was for a. a a third line center and a right hand defenseman or the right hand defense would be the priority and then getting a center back would be ideal we talking... to replace him. and Brody's a lefty yeah which made no sense we were I mean like what a couple weeks ago we were talking Kadri for Truba before he got traded in New York now you end up landing a guy who produced better than Truba um I his mean, team had more very... success like he led Colorado to that upset <laughs> Yeah, and, he, and he actually wanted to, I'm assuming, be here because Truba basically, no, thankfully, Truba said said he basically yeah. said he doesn't want to be in Canada. Which yeah. I mean, based on his excuse, could have been just an excellent PR excuse, or yeah. or not. I mean, he for all the people that don't know, he basically said his his girlfriend or his fiance, she was a nurse or something like that, and she wanted Doctor, to work for a U.S. hospital. Or something along in those New York, lines. I think she was like sure. studying in New York or something like that. Yes, I think I think she was studying in New York. Um, I mean, if it's truth or not, what a hell of a story! <laughs> yeah. Like you could, like he either could have said that, or he could have been like, "Get me the fuck out of this dump." Yeah. And which sounds better? Like what? What is somebody gonna be like? That bitch. She wanted to <laughs> save someone's life. Screw her. Somebody like, in Winnipeg would have been like, "Hey, wait a minute! Wait Winnipeg's a minute! Winnipeg's a great place with our yeah, no airport, with no airports, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our one street that every single fan that can't get in the building stands in to watch the game." Yeah, um, I, I'm sure Winnipeg's a very nice place, but the no airport thing's going to be a sticking point forever. So. It's just, it's just a joke that's so easy. Don't what do you have to go to North Dakota? Is that right, or South Dakota? To get into Winnipeg? Or Minnesota or something like that. I have no it's idea. Bad. Um, I mean, yeah, like we were talking about just a one-for-one one swap, and Tyson Berry's not Jacob Truba in terms of defensive play. He's an offensive defenseman. He's a small guy. He's what every team wants right now in the NHL, which is 5'11", foot guy that can push the puck up very well, zone exit, and create offense. And he does all those things amazingly. Yeah, that's that's the part. Um, he's he's basically the right-handed equivalent of Morgan Riley. Yep. Yes, but, and he and Morgan Riley are two of the six top scoring defensemen in the NHL over the past two seasons. I mean, they're the top they're the top scoring pairing uh, yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I, I've wanted Tyson Berry since 2014, so I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, I've I've back. loved his game for years. He's somebody that I've seen. I remember looking at the tra- trade rumors in like 2014, the Eklund trade rumors and stuff like that, going through it, thinking like this would be a perfect ad. The days, and the days. I mean that that's that's the nice part about actually having a a GM that's you know progressive and outside the box thinker and doesn't just listen to the normal fucking bullshit that's going on nowadays. But I like. I mean, most people also have. Done. The thing that I find ridiculous, 
I don't know of any other GM that universally every almost every single move has been lo- lauded. Like, Dubas? basically every player that as a Leaf fan over the past two years we've had an issue with, he's gone. Yep. <laughs> Who's one player that is still on the roster that you have an issue with as a hockey player? Cody CC, <laughs> but. He was, I mean, he okay. I'm saying, I'm saying, as a player who played for the Leafs, <laughs> yeah. uh, nobody, nobody traded Honestly. them all, got rid of them, didn't re-sign them. People complain about Zaitsev throwing throwing grenades up the middle, gone. Connor Brown playing 20 minutes a night, gone. Patrick Marlowe playing yeah. 20 minutes in a game seven when his offensive input is basically like a traffic cone, gone. Hainsey. Ron Hainsey playing seven minutes on a goddamn PK, gone. Per night. <laughs> per night. Oh, oh, Garrett Sparks allowing seven goals a night, gone. Man, yeah, I have no, like, people are talking about him like he's going to be in the AHL. I was like, why don't you just get rid of him for a late, like, mid to late round pick? Mid, If they could get preferably. anything, that would be amazing. Yeah, and then you, you... I mean, it's not the best thing because they're two rookies, but you ride with Joe Wool and you ride with Ian Scott. And then that, I don't put either of those guys in the ECHL. And I don't send Scott back to Junior because he ripped up Junior this year. He was the goalie of the year. Yeah, I don't no, see him. Makes no, makes no sense. I don't see no. him doing that. Both of them need to be with the Marlies next year. How, he, how is he even eligible for Junior? He's what? He's got to be 20. I think he was the younger uh, goalie when they drafted him, though. Uh, let's see. Ian. He has yeah, because if he was. Uh, give me one sec. Internet's not being my friend. He's twenty now. So yeah, he's not eligible anymore. So, yeah, he should be with the Marlies. There's been some talk that he's going to be with the Growlers, but I, I don't see it. I don't know why you'd do that. No, I, I and the Leafs, while Just, they want to use the Growlers for development, it's not for guys like Ian. Scott. It's it's for a guy like Zach Boutillier who they took in the seventh round last summer. Exactly who's he's a young guy and he's been a backup in the queue his entire career it's like those guys yeah it's just and like it's, it's to build up your depth for, for the marlies for their goaltending situation too yeah they, like if the marlies need a starter or like if there's an injury you just call up the guy from the growlers like joe joseph wool's their top goalie prospect and ian scott's already played with the marlies i think he oh no he didn't sign with the marlies this year because they went to the memorial cup but scott's a guy that signed at a PTO to play with the Marlies. He has familiarity with the team. Yeah, he like does. They're both, they both should be with the Marlies next year. I don't know how we got on this tangent, but no. Apologies. And, oh, Sparks, right. Okay, that, now... Sparks yeah, and now, the, the thing I wanted to bring up with the uh, with the Avalanche trade and the Kaji trade, here's a guy that played, as soon as John Tavares signed, pushed down to a third-line center role, and Dubas was able to sell him as a second-line center. Yep. And that exactly right there is what made this trade so good in that, look, people can be upset about losing a guy like Kadri. Uh, they may not think... They, they, I, hey, I'm, I just, I'm upset about it. No, I'm not. I just don't... I hope people don't get on Tyson Berry for not being the type of defenseman the Leafs need or like they, that they think the Leafs need. There's going to be moments like that, yeah. though. It's... It's just the nature of it and playing in Toronto. I, I don't Barry's know. Been. I don't. I, I don't think he will. See what I'd love to see, and I see most people putting 
uh, Barry and Riley together. Like, no, put Barry with Muzzin and watch that pairing dominate. A healthy Muzzin with a guy that can move the puck. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, he made yeah. Zaitsev look like a serviceable NHLer in the playoffs. And with a bad back. We know that Muzzin yeah. wasn't exactly... Oh, no, 100%. he was nowhere near 100% down the stretch. Um, yeah, and, and the thing about the Kaiju trade, too, is Kerfoot's not exactly a throwaway he's, player. He is a really... He's the exciting piece in this deal. Like, Tyson Berry, you know what you're getting. Alex Kerfoot's... It's his second year in the league. Or Alexander. Sorry. Alexander Kerfoot. There was a tweet that went out that says, do not call him Alex. He would refer to be referred to in his full name. Alexander. Sorry. Foot. From good old Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, He's going to be Mike Babcock's new toy. Cool. We already Woody. know. That's, that's, a, toy. That's, a, that's a toy I'm actually okay with. And Jake, what was the and, one thing yeah. you wanted to you, to see the Leafs get? For what? A center that can play the penalty kill. They got a couple guys that can, can do it now. If you can play the penalty kill and win faceoffs, I love you. I think... I, I mean, I said it in our group chat. I think Mikheyev is going to be used as one of those guys because he did take draws somewhat in the KHL. Well, you also he, have, he was listen, brought in to be a big Don't forget, you still also have Nick Shore and Spets as well. Yeah, for sure. I think some of the um, best penalty kills the Leafs, best penalty killers the Leafs could have are Trevor Moore and, and Kapanen. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think guys with speed who are just willing to run around basically for 40 seconds like their heads are cut off, that's a perfect penalty killer. Yeah, and with with Hyman out to start the year, I mean, you're gonna have a couple yeah. guys that can you can you can slot guys in and try different things. I'm I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. Do you see? I want okay. I I don't see Frederick Ochain making this team. No, no, I think he's done. He's <laughs> he should be never. He should never play another shift for the Leafs. Um, do you see Spezza as the fourth line center? Or do you see him? Potentially spotting up as the third line center. I don't. I don't think so. Yet. I mean, they kind of intimated that Dubas kind of intimated. There's no way he's playing third line. Okay. If if Kerfoot's the third line center and Spets is the fourth line center, you're laughing down the middle. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Spets was what? Like, I he did play the fourth line last year with Dallas, but he was a top six guy played, years ago. With the he can play second power play. He yep. kind of reminds me. Uh, impact kind of like a um, a Tyler Ennis. Where I did not he's know like Spezza a... was as big as he was. Oh, he's huge. He's like he's six, six four. Yeah, I did not know that. I thought he was like oh, he ain't small. To six, but... No, no, he's a big guy. I remember that from his Ottawa days. But um, you that playing I'm just out. I'm just shocked to see Jason Spets in a Leaf uniform. It'll be weird. It's like seeing Marlowe. He, he was pretty giddy. He did like an interview on it. He's obviously if you don't know them. Jason Spezza being a goofy guy, just listen to, just type in Jason Spezza laugh on YouTube. Yeah, but he he was quite excited when he had his interview with the media for for when he was a Leaf. But now I, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have an impact a lot like Tyler Ennis. He's gonna put up you know 15 goals. He'll score 35 30 points maybe. He'll play some second power play minutes. He might play average like 13 minutes a night. I think he'll be good. I'm, I'm excited about. Him. I'm just excited that Dubas, like everyone was saying, you need depth, you need depth. Mike Babcock asked for depth, especially up front, and Dubas was like, here you go. Literally, three moves, the Leafs 
Like, it just turned the Leafs completely... Like, a total 180 from what was expected. And Nick Shore is also a guy that a lot of people wanted them to sign last year. I mean, he's not just an out-of-nowhere signing. A little bit, because he was in the KHL this year with yeah. Magnitogorsk. Um, but, yeah, this is a guy that, I mean, they've been linked to the Leafs for a minute, and get it done. I mean, he, he can play on the wing. He can. He's one of those guys you can put him... I think you could put him on the penalty kill. He plays wing at even strength, and then he plays down the middle in the PK. That works for me. Works <laughs> for me, too. Yeah, I, like, there's so many options now. Like, Mikheyev has played some center. Shore's played center. Um, Kerfoot can play center or wing, obviously. Like, the, the bottom six, there's just so many plug-and-play guys right now. And I don't know that they're done. Like, I think Mason Marchment might have a shot with this team. I think mm. so, too. If especially Babcock, maybe is, not right away. No, I think maybe down the line. Yeah, maybe get a couple games, but he'll, he'll, he kind of reminds me of a guy that'll be in one one or two games and out for like five. But I, I think all these signings also mean Jeremy Bracco's like you can't. I don't think you can keep him in the AHL again. No, at at some point, a guy that young and that good is not going to be content with playing in the AHL. No, and I think that's the year. This is the year that he's just going to say. Either bring me up or trade me. And you know what? If, if a team is willing to give a, a defenseman that the Leafs yeah. could use as a depth defense, like a guy that's young they and... Can, yeah. If they could take Bracco and a pick of some sort and turn it into a good bottom four defenseman, yeah. Because I don't want Ben Harper playing. No. Hell, even if, even if they could flip him for a first late first yeah. or something like that in a yeah. draft or two seconds or something like that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have an issue with it I mean and yeah the Leafs took him with a pick they got as a trade back I mean that was they got a late second basically a third he was he was the last pick in the second round yeah um, exactly. but he was taken with a pick they didn't even go into the draft with yeah. so you're flipping him for an asset and it just that just works out well as long as I get a plus asset for him I'm happy which I'm just saying asset management if you get something better than you put into it then it works it's a if good, there's good one guy other than Cody CC that I think Mike Babcock's going to ride this year I think it's going to be Ben Harper just because he's 6'6 every time he touches the ice is he actually 6'6 I knew yeah, he was big I didn't think he was that big yeah Jeez. he's massive guy's a house so, so, he's but he's got, so he's got what cinder block feet I think he has like 6 points in his career right <laughs> Uh, let's let's see. I know he had five points last year. I did remember seeing that. Oh, he's part Australian. Look at that. He's from Hamilton, though. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway, uh, six career points. He had 11 and 19 games with uh, Belleville, though, last season. So that's Or two seasons ago. So that's pretty good. I mean, he's an AHL body is basically how I would look at it. I don't yeah. think the Marlies need an AHL body because their defense, <laughs> they're losing forwards left and right. They need They don't need defensemen. No, they don't. And uh, they've got like eight or nine defensemen already. I also like that they're somewhat leaving the door open for Lilligren as well, because now you can potentially have him go on the third. The third. Yeah, does pairing. he get a slide year if they still use him for just a couple games this year? Um, I can't remember how the entry yeah. level stuff. Yeah, like nine like games. Slide year. Yeah, like if they play him for the nine at his age, does he still get to slide or? I don't think so. I know. I feel like AHL exemption is it's different. He's, he's twenty now, right? Uh, yes. Yes. 
So who knows? But so I think he still has work to do in the AHL, and I think yep. Sandin would do well. Like I think if the Leafs can get that little if they stretch can buy, if they can buy until Christmas. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, it's. Just thinking of Dermot, did you hear Dubas's comment on uh, on Zach Hyman? What's that? Uh, Dubas, they asked him about Hyman's uh, coming back, or if he was on track for to return on schedule for the ACL, and he said, well, they were throwing him up at the chair in his wedding, so it seems like he's right on track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I did hear that one. That's, That's pretty true. funny. Oh, Dubas, Dubas enjoys a chuckle. I appreciate him for that. And, and you know what? Uh, the, now you just remind me. What I liked about what Dubas has done through all this is he's not allowed Mitch Marner's negotiations to hold him hostage. And that's what well, everyone was worried about. And that's what it looked like, honestly, because Nick Shore... Well, he made it, he made it seem like that. that. By constantly well, yeah. saying, we're waiting for Mitch, we want to save room for Mitch. We want to see what Mitch is like. That's what it looked like to start free agency, like. though. Like, you start with a, a cap dump trade and then transition into two veteran minimum signings. Because I think that Cap Friendly has shore down as a 750K yeah. signing. I think so. They haven't announced it, though, yet. But, yeah, that's... And uh, they also signed Agostino. That's right. Oh, Kenny Agostino, that's true. He's going to be another body. He's go- He's like a like Chris Mueller He's going to be like the Tyler Ennis like, sort of deal where you give a guy yeah. a chance to recoup some he's, value. He's either gonna he reminds me of Josh Levo. Yeah. He's either going to be an extra forward or he's going to be a stud, like, first-line age. Don't tell Agostino that. It might not work out. Um, But, like, they also have, like, what is Nick Patan going to do? I think he's gone. Yeah, he's got to be gone. I think yeah. he's got to be a first-line AHL guy at least. Like, he's not going to make the team, Maybe, maybe but, you know, it'll be different for him to go to the Marlies than if he go to another AHL team because he'll actually – The Marlies – the Marlies are going to go from uh, Mueller and Brocco this year to Patan and uh, uh, Goat on the first line. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's um, going to be a steep drop-off. Yeah. They lost. They did lose Mueller and they did lose Laverde. I forget where they signed. Mueller signed with Tampa, I feel like. All right, Jen. Think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was going to say, I, th- I thought Laverde played for, is going to like another Canadian Hartford. team or something like that. Like, Hartford? Yeah. Okay. So it's it New York. Yeah, Rangers. Yeah, good for him. For good, 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 good pro, good guy. Good for yeah, him. he did his job and got us a cup and good pro. Um. All right. Final th- guys. The final word on Mitch's stuff. You think this doesn't seem like it's going to get done anytime soon? No. Because he's going to keep pushing for whatever stupid number uh, Paul Drager puts out there. And, uh, yeah, uh, Sebastian Ajo's deal just really screwed Mitch and his camp over. And they're going to keep pushing for their side now. It seems like it's going to be another Nylander situation, but, like, not as severe. I don't think this will go to December by any means. But It won't. It'll go until – I think the latest it goes to I is, think is, is September. Mitch will make them sweat into training camp, I would think, at the latest. Like what, what Truba did uh, a couple of years ago in Subban, and Pasternak. Yeah, just make them sweat for right up until the end, and then you work something out for a bridge, maybe. So this I don't want to spend all what, summer talking about Marner though. What What do you see uh, as the contract? Do you, in terms of years, 
I think it's three or four or something yeah. like that. It, it can't be five because no. Matthews can't be up at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I was going to no. say it's that either it's either th- three three or four or six. Because Nylander was six, right? So he, Matthews, and Marner would all be up at the same time in that case. I mean, Nylander and Marner being up together is a little different than Matthews and... I would rather, no, I'm saying all three would yeah. be up because Nylander signed for... I would prefer if they got Mitch. Mitch would be the first. Like, mm, you have him I, set the bar and then Matthews. Because let's I, say Matthews I, were to set the bar. And that was been the issue with the Marner stuff. Matthews set the bar. Uh, at this point, just, just get him signed. I, I don't really care about who's going first. Let's be honest. In six years from now, you might not even want them on your team. Very true. I mean, yeah. It, as long as it's not like the 13 million or whatever these stupid no, reports are from Dragers. There's a 0% no. chance that happens. And it's been proven that I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to be this guy, but it's very obvious that Darren Dreger's, uh reputation has taken a bit of a hit as a, comes to just reporting on this Marner stuff. I, I yeah, it's pretty, pretty friggin' embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He's getting information from the Marner camp, but it's very clear that it's a one-sided report. The Leafs aren't leaking anything to him. No. And that's been a very good theme that, honestly, I've grown to like with Toronto teams, that they don't let anything out of house. That's very true. No, it's... And it, it's, it kept things, it's kept things kind of in... Yeah, it's kept it in-house and it's kept it controlled, right? They yeah. control in there, don't let the media spinoff on any speculation. All right, gentlemen, with that being said, I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for listening and for welcoming us back after our little vacation. We will take the time next podcast to talk about the blue Jays. We were going to do this podcast, but don't really have the time for it. So we'll we'll touch on the Blue Jays and how maybe they might be might be worth watching even though they don't have pitching they have a couple of other reasons to watch. They're worth watching in one half of an inning. So uh, we'll 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 talk about them. Maybe we'll have something to talk about with Kawhi and Mitch. Who knows? Um, but uh, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Google Play, wherever you grab your podcasts, um, and we will catch you uh, next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.